Why is there this insane push for an unproven vaccine? Why is there suppression of actual effective treatments? And have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Dr. Peter McAuliffe? But I have to tell you, what has gone on has been beyond belief. How many of you have turned on a local news station or a national cable news station and ever gotten an update on treatment at home? How many of you have ever gotten a single word about what to do when you get the hand of the diagnosis of COVID-19? No wonder. That is a complete and total failure at every level. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, today is one of those programs that you really, really need to listen to. Listen twice if you have any way to do it and share it with friends if you can. This program, Truth to Ponder, has been going on now. We're in our 10th month. Hard to believe we we did nine months. Didn't think the program would make it 90 days, but I felt that I had to give it a try. I just felt very strongly that there was a purpose for this program. And, and what a ride this has been. I'm going to be talking in just a moment about what's going on uh, behind the scenes you need to know about. But you know... If you go to the media today, it's hard to find real truth. And maybe that's one of the reasons I'm just a small voice in a large sea trying to to reach those that are in my pathway to share with you some important information. In just a little while, we're going to have Dr. Peter McAuliffe on the program, the voice you heard at the beginning He has testified because he has, I'll give you his background in a couple of minutes, but he's got an impressive medical background. He's testified before both the United States Senate and the Texas Senate. He really knows his stuff. I'm doing a little bit of reading. And and I don't know how many of you do anything with social media. I, I kind of have to because of this particular ministry and radio program. I, I do spend some time hopping around some of the various social media. I don't really do Twitter anymore. I have finally decided that is a thorough waste of time. But there's a lot of things that occur in, in platforms like Facebook. And the most disturbing thing that occurs in Facebook, the biggest disturbing thing in, in Facebook, is how they have become literally Nazi censors like Goebbels in World War II. They actively are suppressing anybody's opinion that goes against this singular narrative that may not be true. And I'm more convinced the longer things go on that we are being spoon-fed and force-fed a fake, uh, you know, a fake narrative. Not long ago, Project Veritas, you've heard of them. They had two Facebook insiders, a data center technician and a data center facility engineer. They came forward with internal documents showing how that social media platform is suppressing true science and actual medical facts in the name of combating vaccine hesitancy. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about on the program today. Now, before I get into this important interview you've got to hear with Dr. Peter McAuliffe. Just want to let you know what's going on behind the scenes. Next week, my wife and I will be in Florida 
at our home down there. We have several things to do for family. Got a couple of graduations to attend. I even have a wedding to perform. I also have a church to visit toward the end of June where I'll be installing a new pastor. But I'm also working on a project to increase the outreach and reach of shortwave radio. I don't have all the details. There's equipment on the way. Things are in progress. And it, it needs a lot of your prayers. This could effectively double the amount of shortwave time that this program currently has. And I've told you, my listeners, that I believe shortwave is one of the most primary outlets to reach people. Yet some people will say, well, Bob, who has a shortwave radio? I can give you a couple of examples of people that never heard of shortwave that now own one because either they heard about it from somebody else or like one one young lady said, I never knew what it was, but I heard about it in my sleep and I went on Amazon and I bought a radio and now they can hear this program. I think God will use various types of media to reach his people, even as the tech tyrants like the Facebooks and the YouTubes and even certain podcast services will will shut the door, pull the plug, de-platform you. God will find a way when there seems to be no way. Remember that song? God will find a way when there seems to be no way. Shortwave radio, and as you now know, direct free-to-air satellite. It's a hefty monthly investment, and after a lot of prayerful consideration, we have now started on Galaxy 19 via Glory Star, one of their radio channels. If memory serves me, because I don't have my dish installed where we are in Georgia yet, I think it is the first radio channel in their radio grouping on on Glory Star. Even if you don't have a specific Glory Star receiver, those that have a free-to-air satellite aimed at, at Galaxy 19, it can all be found. It can all be easily updated. And we now provide a 24-7 channel on Galaxy 19 featuring, well, the music's going to be going through a time of testing and culling and listening. There's a lot of material there. Some may not fit. Some we need more of, just can't find it. And so the music part will be changing over the month a little bit. But the most important thing that's going to be happening, in my opinion, is this program now has additional airings. We haven't fully decided upon a schedule. Maybe you can tell me when it's a good time to to hear the program if you have the ability of free-to-air satellite. And it would be much appreciated if, if you would share that message. The radio channel can also now be heard by a, you know, via stream. If you actually go to, and I, by the way, I'm going to be asking a couple of things in just a second here. If you go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com, there is a link on the front page for two things, a special little website for the radio channel, and also you could even immediately go to a pop-up player right from 
truth2ponder.com, and you can listen to your heart's content. And I hope that you enjoy what you are hearing. Let me know by dropping me an email, if you would, and that's bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. I'm hoping there are other ministries that could avail themselves of using some of this satellite time and may help in defraying some of the cost. And uh, they would get themselves a really wonderful, uh, very low-cost opportunity. So these are things we're working on that the door was open, the opportunity was there. So we're going to try it for a few months or more and see what happens. Also, we need to make sure that you're listening on shortwave. If you are, just let me know. You can send me an email if you would. Let me know if it's WRMI or KVOH, or if you listen as a podcast, or if you're now listening on satellite. And that would be so much appreciated by me. The other thing I'm going to need, I'm realizing as a one-man operation, it's outgrowing all of my abilities. It's a matter of time and being able to concentrate and put 100% into everything that I'm trying to do. If all I had to do was worry about building a web page, I would have the time to go through all the newer training on, on some of the opportunities out there, like with WordPress. I'm gonna need some help from somebody on making the website look better. I, I truly do. I'm gonna need some help in getting even this program edited because, for example, this time away in Florida, it's going to be very hard to keep the radio program going. And and for one reason, I'm not going to have the ability of a regular studio to be able to sit down and put together this program. It's going to be very primitive at best. And one of these days I'm praying, and I think there's that may be happening in a month or so, if I could just record some of the pieces and have somebody else help get it edited and distributed, that would save me a lot of time. I need people to help find some research. But at the moment, I live on a retirement income. I don't get paid by this program. The money received is going to buy the airtime, and now satellite time is something we're, we're going to have to raise money for as well. I can't, I can't really do too much on my own. I'm going to need some help. Uh, financially or even labor, eventually, if God willing, and this program should grow, I could see having one or two people making at least a part-time income and helping me keep this program's content up to date, fresh, and accurate, and the professional quality we're trying to maintain on the program itself going. It becomes very weary at times, and I want to be able to make sure that this is the best that I can I can give you. So I need your prayers. Some nights it's been hard to sleep as I as I see all these opportunities. And so I really need your help. Would you keep me in your prayers? I want to get to this interview in a moment. We may not get it in all in the first half hour. We may have to go into the second half hour, but that's okay too. I I am deeply concerned, as you can well understand. I'm deeply concerned 
about this COVID-19 situation we have found ourselves in in this country today. And it all comes, as many of you know, maybe you're a first-time listener. I've had an unusual lifetime career. I started out in broadcast, remained in that industry, both on-air, engineering, even management and ownership. But I had an unusual opportunity along the way to make a career change. And it, it occurred at a time after I had lost my first wife to cancer. And I worked in emergency management, starting out primarily as a public information officer, you know, the media guy. And that grew into learning about planning and responding to all types of disasters. I retired from that in 2014, but I was asked to come back into it last year by people that I'd worked for and kept a very close relationship over the intervening years. And I came out of retirement. I can't say where. I, I, I went to a large county in a different state with a big city and worked on their COVID-19 response. And during that, that time, when we first got there, remember, you've got to go back to February when I first was asked to consider taking on this job. There were all kind of strange numbers being tossed around of how many people might get sick and how many people may die in the United States. And everybody, everybody back then was working off the Imperial College model. And when I was first called, I was saying, so what are the expectations? Because then I'm thinking, what is this like, H1N1? We're going to deal with this for a month or two and move on? We didn't really know. But then once I agreed to get involved again, then I got on the, shall we say, private email distribution and daily briefings, things that the public generally doesn't see all of, a lot of speculation in there too. This particular county that I went to serve, around eh, over 300,000 people, they were expecting, now remember, this is by the end of February, they were saying between March and July, like the beginning of July, March, April, May, June, four months, expect 3,000 people to die in your community. Well, that's a lot of planning because you realize that in a normal year, you have around 8.3 to 8.6, just depends a little bit, place to place, Eight, let's just say under nine people per thousand die every year, okay? Eight people, let's say, or nine people, somewhere between those two numbers, we'll say 8.3, die per thousand every year of all causes. It doesn't matter what it is. Car accidents, old age, disease, cancer, heart attacks, all all causes. And it, it, it has like a little ripple up and down, but it's pretty consistent. So in a typical year in that county, in a whole year, in a whole year, understand this now. If you're looking at eight, let's just take eight, and you got times 300, you got, you're going to have 2,400 people die in that county in the course of 12 months. Now they're saying add 3,000 people on top of that in the next four. Well, that would overwhelm the hospitals, the mortuaries, everything. And so everything we started to do in the pandemic, 
was based upon those numbers that ended up being phony and fraudulent. And I really believe now, in retrospect, with all that I've learned, many people knew that, but they didn't dare challenge it. There was like this gospel narrative, this fake gospel satanic narrative about COVID and lockdowns and and wearing a mask. Well, you don't need one. Now you do. Now you need two. Now you need seven. Now you need none. Now you need the vaccine. And there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy out there. And I understand why. Believe me, I get it. I'm one of them. I have no desire in taking this vaccine. And it's not a political statement about any particular political party. I just don't trust those that are truly behind this vaccine. For example, what Facebook will do, what they call vaccine hesitancy, just making a comment like, I don't know if I want the vaccine, is considered something they need to suppress. If you make any reference to COVID-19 vaccine, jab in the arm or anything, they immediately on Facebook have this, all vaccines are safe and effective. Well, how do they know that? They don't. They've never been fully tested. That's why I want to have this, I want to share with you in a moment, a little time with Dr. Peter McAuliffe. And what he has to say is something you absolutely need to hear. There's something that is inherently not correct. It's obvious that Facebook is suppressing and censoring science, medical facts, and firsthand physician personal experiences. In other words, you can be a doctor who has successfully treated patients for COVID-19 with effective and workable treatments. It is estimated by people that really know their stuff. And this is not conjecture. This is not nonsense. These are proven numbers from many physicians that early treatment would have saved at least 80 to 85% of all deaths. 85% if people had been treated. Remember, we had some family members go through this early on, and there was no treatment. It was just like, go home and come to the hospital if you get worse. There were no real treatments. Take a Tylenol. That was it. Yet there were effective off-label treatments out there. And nothing wrong with off-label. Label is just an advertisement for what these treatments are supposed to do. So in the final analysis, you know, the media and Facebook and big tech, they are doing their best to, to suppress Information. Facebook is no longer a digital town square. It's a digital jail. It's a prison. And these whistleblowers will tell you they're prohibiting people from having an open dialogue about issues that affect their personal security. And he likens the platform to, to like an abusive partner who doesn't allow their spouse to speak to family and friends about what's going on behind closed doors. You know, wasn't long ago that Facebook leader, DOS leader, Mark Zuckerberg, had his own vaccine hesitancy. 
Children's Health Defense is suing Facebook over censorship. Florida governor, gotta love Ron DeSantis, has come to conclude that the only way to rein in this censorship that has spiraled out of control is is having legislation to hold these companies accountable. Look, you can argue with me all day long, and, and that's fine. You can argue with me all day long that these are private companies. They are, but they're enjoying a unprecedented protection that other publishers are not granted. They act both like a forum and a publisher under the special laws carved out for them. And let me explain why they have this and why they no longer need it. Back in the early 1990s, a little mom and pop billboard, you know, remember the BBS sites? You can sit there and comment. Well, this is in the infancy of the Internet. People starting these things on a shoestring budget could be sued out of business in a, in a heartbeat. And so they were given these protections to help grow the Internet. Well, we foreign when you have a company that is worth multiplied billions with a B dollars, uh, I think we've gone beyond the needed protection that they were granted to help in the early days. It is time to repeal some of these laws and change them to be more in line with every other platform out there and make them accountable. That includes cable TV. Don't you dare get on there and talk about the integrity of your news department when you are proven to be liars over and over and over again. When you lie in the news, when you lie in the social media, it's time to have accountability if you're going to make that claim. Like I say, in just a few minutes, I'm going to have an interview coming up, and I think I'm going to move it to the next half hour, if you don't mind, and I think we'll be able to then get it all in in its entirety just fine with Dr. Peter McAuliffe. And like I say, when you hear this, I really believe it's going to be earth-shattering for some of you what he has to say. But he's not the only doctor that I've ever listened to or heard. There have been many other courageous doctors, and they all have one thing in common, the ones that I really have followed. Their credentials are impeccable. Their experience is without deniability. These people know their stuff, and why they're being censored is is totally beyond me. And you need to hear them. And I'm trying to use this radio show as a platform for information like you're going to hear in just a couple of minutes. There's a lot going on that you need to know about. And that's the reason we do this radio program. And, you know, while I got a moment here, and I'm talking about fascist book, which is commonly known to many as Facebook. There's a lot of other things that, that disturb me about some of these social media platforms. Facebook and other social media companies not only suppress your freedom of speech, stifle you, uh, ban you, deplatform you, uh, shadow ban you, they're also stealing your personal data and using it to control you and manipulate you. Their primary function at these 
conglomerates isn't actually to allow you to communicate with others. Their primary function is now surveillance and data collection. And most urgent is social engineering. This Listen, Goebbels and Stalin and every tyrant the world has ever seen would love to have the power that we have in this computer age today. In other words, you are not somebody they're serving. You're just a commodity. You're something they are selling to others. And they need, they look, Facebook needs you far more than you'll ever need them. Facebook. And I'll give you another one that, that, that really is digging into your business. Google. Google has all kind of power. They own YouTube, and you'd be surprised. I don't use Google Documents. I don't want my documents in the hands of Google. I've got my own methodology for, you know, for taking care of my stuff in my own servers. I don't need them looking at my... I, I have a Gmail account, and, and that's what I call my throwaway account. And what I mean by a throwaway account... Anytime a company says, we need your email, I give them my Gmail address. Anytime anybody, the salesperson, any, in other words, anything that I, I don't care about goes to Gmail. I don't care what they see. It's going to be 90% junk mail anyway. That's why my important email is done through my business and church email accounts, like my Truth to Ponder account my Ancient Word Radio, or my Reformed Anglican Church account. I, I do those things through private servers, and anything that's even, let's say, more private, well, I, I have some others that I use to keep privacy imperative. It's, a, it's an imperative thing for me. So, yeah, you know, I, I have a Gmail account. I think I have two of them, actually. And that's where all my junk mail goes. I don't care. Google, you can read my junk mail. I don't care. You know, and, and chances are you're selling my info out to those that are sending me the stupid junk mail to begin with. I don't need you reading my documents. I don't need you looking at a lot of stuff. I'm careful in the things that I post. I really am. Because they can use that information to target you and your inner demons. They can trigger you. They can take advantage of you when you're the most vulnerable and entice you into action that serves them commercially or politically. I'm going to give you a quick example. I, I got a kick out of this. And I and once sometimes they get it wrong. And it's probably because the way I do certain things. But I had this advertisement that came across Facebook and I almost laughed. It said, if you support progressive causes, build your own cell phone and get your own special service. And I'm looking at this, so I took a quick peek. And I'm realizing this phone will cost twice as much and the service more than I'm paying now. Uh, and, and the fact they thought I was into, uh, shall we say, progressive leftist causes, somebody screwed up. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> that's not me. I'll tell you other things that we need to also be more careful about. And, I, and I, I recognize this. We have a lot of smart appliances and things that are really spying on us. And we are going to need some laws to stop this creepiness. I don't think anybody thought 25 years ago 
that this surveillance ability was there. Look carefully. Look carefully if you have an app on any of your phones. I do. Uh, who are you granting privilege to microphones to or camera? Uh, there's some apps out there that have no business accessing either. So those apps are not on my phone. There's just a lot of stuff like that. We need we need to be careful about. Anything we make can be unmade. Surveillance, capitalism is young. Democracy's been here. Our republic has been here, rooted in generations of hope. The thing is, we have to remember these surveillance capitalists are rich and powerful, but they're not, they're not invincible. They have one Achilles heel, fear. They fear lawmakers who do not fear them. And they fear citizens like you and I who are going to demand a new road forward as they insist on new answers to the old questions. Who knows? Who will decide who knows? And who will decide who decides? In other words, in other words, where is the real privacy to you and I? Listen, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you this interview with Dr. Peter McAuliffe. You've got to hear this. Make it a point to hang in there. I'll see you on the other side of this break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. How to make a circle. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out, my friend, as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, how do you make a circle? Well, you start with a curved line. See, a curved line is a line that's moving in several directions at once. A curved line is a straight line that's bent. And a curved line, after a while, will curve back on itself and make a circle or something like it. Now, making circles is fine when it comes to geometry, but it's not fine when it comes to your life. See, how do you make a circle in your life? Well, you move in two directions at once. You go through life double-minded. You don't make up your mind once and for all for God. You don't live with a pure heart. You don't live straight. You waver back and forth to God, to the world, to doubt, to impurity, to indecision. So the journey of your life becomes a curve. It becomes bent. Because when you go in two directions, you end up with a curve. And eventually you keep curving until you curve right back to where you were before. In other words, you just move in a circle and you end up going nowhere. So do you want your life to end up going nowhere? Well, then just keep being double-minded. Keep on living with one foot in the world and the other in the Lord. Keep on compromising, never making up your mind. Your life will end up going in one big circle, going nowhere. But on the other hand, would you rather have your life go somewhere, make a difference? Then you have to stop going in two directions and choose to go in only one. A straight line only goes in one direction. And that's the only line that goes somewhere. So make up your mind, my friend. Choose the Lord with all your heart and live all out 100%. No compromise on fire for God. Go bent and you'll go nowhere. Go straight because when you go straight, you'll really start going places. Want more? Ask for the Shana. Now. The free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's real. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. And sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply for a victorious life in God. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me in bringing the good news back to the people who gave it to you, Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be real blessed. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. I would love to hear from you. 
Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip is 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip is 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ravinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. Coming up in just a moment, interview with Dr. Peter McAuliffe. You're going to be amazed, and I think you're going to be very surprised in what you're about to hear. Want to thank all of you that support this radio ministry to keep it on shortwave. We are now on Galaxy 19 Satellite via Glory Star. We are the first of the radio channels now, if everything is still working correctly. I'm sure these first days may have a few little glitches, so just bear with us. A lot of work to do on the music and the programming, and and it's the beginning of another, another chapter in this ministry. And I have you to thank that pray for me. My wife and I have decided to invest in giving this a try for a while. We have a limited income. We're not wealthy, uh, but we just feel led to to give unto our Lord and, and get it started. And hopefully this will be a wonderful outlet to share the good news. If you believe in what we're doing, consider maybe helping us financially. Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Would you consider helping keep us going on the air getting back to what we've been talking about there's been a lot of pressure for everybody to take this covid vaccine which if you really understand the definition of a vaccine this is not really a true vaccine it's a gene therapy and too many people falsely believe that this vaccine will make them immune to covid19 we now know it does not it doesn't In other words, this vaccine does not stop the acquiring or spreading of COVID-19. So I don't understand the purpose. And they also believe if I just get the jab in the arm, I get all the freedoms that were stolen from me last year on a false pretense. Remember, I told you in the first half hour, I served a county that expected 3,000 dead by July 1st of last year. And we had 50, not 3,000. And even some of those were questionable as being COVID-19. And now that we know treatments are effective but have been suppressed, maybe that 50 or 100 or so or how many that ever it is between last year and now may have actually lived. This is what is disturbing to me. Dr. Peter McAuliffe has serious concerns about this novel vaccine and its rollout and its impact that it will have. So who is Dr. Peter McAuliffe and why should you listen to what he has to say? Well, he's a professor of medicine, Texas A&M College of Medicine, board certified internist and cardiologist, editor in chief, reviews in cardiovascular medicine, 
editor-in-chief of other journals. He's also been an associate editor, American Journal of Cardiology. From his vantage point as a real physician with real experience and real background, he's observed and documented a profoundly disturbing policy response to this pandemic. A policy response that he believes may prove to be the greatest malpractice and malfeasance in the history of medicine and public health. In other words, he's willing to put his well-paying job and reputation on the line because he does know from firsthand experience. He's been the world's most prominent and vocal advocate for early outpatient treatment of COVID-19 in order to prevent hospitalization and death. So I've got this question, Dr. McAuliffe, what is your take? on this pandemic and what is it really what is it really all about I think this whole pandemic from the beginning was about the vaccine mm. so I think all roads lead to the vaccine and what it means there are already places in southeast asia and europe they're laying the groundwork for a compulsory vaccination I mean compulsory that means somebody pins you down to the ground and puts a needle in you that's how bad stakeholders want vaccination Listen, that's not of cost. You don't have to pay for it. It's all provided. There are people or stakeholders, they do want a needle in every arm. This needle in every arm is a very important um, uh, moniker. Why? Why do you want a needle in an arm? Let's take COVID recovered. Can't get the virus. Can't receive it. It has nothing to do. Why would they ever want a needle in the arm of a COVID recovered patient? Why? Three studies show higher safety events. See, the tension that Americans are feeling right now as they're trying to keep their jobs and go to work is they know they can die of the vaccine. That's the problem. If the vaccine was like water and you just got it, no side effects, who wouldn't take it? Say, hey, I'll, I'll comply. They got my social security number anyway in a database. I'm already marked. I'll just get marked. But no, there's something very unique about this vaccine. It's something about injecting something into, into a body that is so important to, to stakeholders that it doesn't matter. Kids 12 years old told they can make their own decision on this and it could be their fatal decision. Think about that. North Carolina just passed that. Oh, kids 12 years old can, make, can decide on their own. There are four, over 4,000 dead Americans. There's over 10,000 dead people in Europe that die on days one, two, and three after the vaccine. Why are we pushing this in a way where people's jobs and their education and their livelihood decide on a decision that's potentially fatal? The tension, you can cut it with a knife. There are parents that say, listen, I want my kid to go to college this year, but I don't want to lose them to the vaccine. They know what's going on. The internet is full of these cases, blood clots, strokes, immediate death. Now, I'm fortunate. I have not directly lost a patient to the vaccine. I told you most got vaccinated in January, December, January, February. Based on the safety data now, I can no longer recommend it. I, I can't recommend it. It's passed all the thresholds to being a safe product. It's not a safe product. None of them are. It's not just Johnson & Johnson. In fact, more of the safety events in the United States have occurred with Moderna and Pfizer. There are now papers written by prominent scientists calling for a worldwide halt in the program. There are prominent 
virologists, many of them, including Nobel Prize winners, who have said, listen, if we vaccinate people and we create a very narrow, incomplete library of immunity, which is what the vaccine is, the vaccines are all targeted to the original Wuhan spike protein, which is long gone. That's extinct. Patients are getting vaccinated to something that doesn't even exist anymore. That Wuhan spike protein is gone. We're hoping the immunity covers the other variants. But that narrow immunity is a setup. It's just like giving everybody a narrow spectrum antibiotic. If you did that, what would happen? We'd grow up superbugs. There are warnings out there saying, don't do this. Don't vaccinate the entire world. All we're going to do is set ourselves up for a superbug that's going to really wipe out populations. So for many reasons, the vaccine, indiscriminate vaccination, is a horrendous idea. It's a horrendous bioweapon that's been thrust onto the public. And it's going to cause great personal harm, which it already has. Thousands of people have lost their lives. I've never lost a direct patient, but I've had my patients lose their family members, lots of them. I've filled out a safety report on a patient who developed blood clots after one of the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine. And I'm telling you, it took half an hour to do it. There was many pages, and each page said, warning, federal uh, um, uh, 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 offense, uh, punishable by um, uh, severe fines and penalties if I falsified a report. All those thousands of Americans that have died with the vaccine and hospitalizations in the database, I think, are real. And they are far beyond anything we've ever seen. And as a doctor and as a public citizen, I am extraordinarily concerned about the vaccine. The vaccine center right down the street here is empty. I drive past it every day. Americans know they're talking to each other. The vaccine's not safe. And now the effort is the vaccine stakeholders want kids without parental guidance. And now they want to be in the church. Americans and people worldwide should be extraordinarily alarmed. So, Dr. McAuliffe, if you watch the mainstream news, and even Fox News for that matter, or view any of the big tech tyrants' social media platforms, can you answer why is there this relentless, never-ending indoctrination that you must get the vaccine to ever get back to normal? This is unprecedented. So what's it all about? I think it's about what the vaccine means. And Whitney Webb gets credit for this back in April. She said, aha, I figured this out. This is what st- this is what globalists have been waiting for. They've been waiting for a way of marking people that you get in a vaccine, you're marked in a database. And this can be used for um, trade, for commerce, for behavior modification, all different purposes. And you've seen it right here in Dallas. They've announced, uh, you know, you can't go to a Dallas Mavericks game unless you're vaccinated. You've had people say, listen, you have uh, passports. You had colleges today announce that they're not going to give any credit to natural immunity. Every scientist in the world knows that the natural immunity is way better than the vaccine immunity. If it's about COVID, why don't we have COVID recovered go to the Mavericks games? Why don't we have COVID recovered people freely go to college? Well, why do we, why do we have to have faulty... Uh, vaccine immunity be the priority and have natural immunity not count. See, these types of things make me think that Whitney Webb is correct. This is actually about marking. The vaccine is a way of marking people. It's a way of starting to assert uh, efforts to create compliance, behavior control. Don't forget, the vaccine is just a starter. Now there's going to be updates. There's going to be boosters. They're already prepping people for this. There's going to be more. The vaccine manufacturers are all linked. They're all uniquely indemnified. What medical product is there indemnification where something happens to you, you don't have any recourse? You know, a woman gets vaccinated, a pregnant woman. She has no maternal fetal rights. Something happens to her or her baby. She's out of luck. This is extraordinary what Americans are doing. It's absolutely extraordinary what's being 
uh, thrust upon us now. Dr. McCullough, if I can remember back in the spring of 2020, Dr. Dr. Fauci claiming that without a vaccine, we could never get back to normal. He said that it would take years to develop some kind of an effective and safe vaccine. But then again, Dr. Fauci has been long promising vaccines for all kinds of things like AIDS and others that never happened. Last year, though, dismissed by the media at the time, President Trump announced Operation Warp Speed to fast track the vaccine. How has this development and deployment differed from any other vaccine? And and how has this so-called vaccine developed and deployed? Well, U.S. FDA regulatory guidance on vaccines... And there have been modern vaccines. You don't have to pick the old ones. I mean, we've had modern vaccines, shingles vaccines, hepatitis B, meningococcal vaccines, demand a minimum of two years of safety data. Two years. By regulatory. In fact, these are kind of written and codified into the regulatory um, uh, uh, rules for the manufacturers. That was all thrown out and said two months. For COVID, two months. So two months of observational data. This idea that we could vaccinate people that were not even tested in the trials, that has never been done before. We have never just thrown a vaccine at somebody uh, without having any data, none. So the very first pregnant woman that was vaccinated here in the United States, it was done with no knowledge of safety and no knowledge of efficacy. And the argument that we've heard The argument that we've heard is, well, COVID-19 is a bad illness. 600,000 people have died. The vaccine could help them. We should give it a a shot. Come on, we should just give it a shot. Well, that 600,000 died. I've already told you 85% of that was preventable with early treatment, which was actively suppressed and squashed. And not only that, is if this vaccine can help them, the vaccine better be safe. It better be safe. And my comments on the vaccine are safety, safety, safety. Let's see it. Let's see it. And Americans, ought, just like the Americans should have been getting weekly updates on treatment innovations, Americans should have been getting weekly updates on vaccine safety. Very important. Weekly updates from our federal officials on safety. Super important. Those two things are probably the two largest acts of malfeasance in all of medical regulatory history. It will go down in the history of malfeasance, wrongdoing by those of authority. How come there was no updates on treatment and no promotion of early treatment to reduce hospitalization and death? And now when we release the vaccine, why are there no safety updates? Why are there no attempts for risk mitigation in terms of making the vaccine program safer. Uh, How do we have all these vaccines? How do we know that we can vaccinate pregnant women? We know because of years and years and years of safety data. Before a vaccine has ever been injected into a pregnant woman, it's probably been tested for decades before we try it in a pregnant woman. We would never out of the box take a brand new technology that's never been tested before, ever. And we know that the tech vaccine technology produces the dangerous spike protein. It produces the Wuhan spike protein, the spicule on the ball of the virus itself, which damages blood vessels and causes blood clotting. And all of them do. We would never unleash that into a pregnant woman's body. Americans under, have to understand something is very wrong what's going on. What's going on now in the world, these are examples, are clear-cut examples of 
wrongdoing that is at such a high level, the groupthink is in the wrong direction in such a consistent and overwhelming way that people are being harmed in, in, in an extraordinary fashion. Dr. McCullough, if I can remember back in April of last year, many doctors, physicians like yourself and others were, were talking already about effective treatments that they found actually worked in their patients. And I can remember, like so many, the media outrage over things like hydroxychloroquine and now ivermectin and, and others. Countless doctors have been systematically censored. They put their reputations on the line. And I begin to wonder, do, are the fact checkers even medical people at the tech tyrant places like Facebook or Fascist Book or, or YouTube or Twitter, doesn't matter. Why is this silence going on? Why are doctors being shut down on the idea of effective treatment? And the only thing that's allegedly going to be safe or effective is going to be this experimental vaccine. Can you give, can you give any kind of insight why there's been this really unprecedented suppression of any information about effective outpatient treatments? To make the problem worse than what it is, Many methods to make the case count look higher than what it is make the mortality numbers look worse than what they are. Many methods to create the reaction out of proportion to the reality, so lockdowns, fears, economic suffering, what have you, all of these things making the pandemic way worse than what it is, okay, to, to have that occur more fear, suffering, hospitalization, death, loneliness, lockdown, in order to promote mass vaccination. These two are tightly linked. Now, mass vaccination at all costs, the world must be mass vaccinated. And, and, and human beings on earth ought to understand at this point in time, what we're seeing is unprecedented. It became known the virus was going to be amenable to a vaccine uh, somewhere around April, May. And at that point in time, therapy was suppressed. Everything, nothing could be published. Everything, the fake Lancet paper, squash treatment, and then prepare the population for vaccination. Once the vaccines come out, they're, they're, they're short-tracked. Um, uh, there's all kinds of enthusiasm uh, regarding it, you, you know, uh, um, uh, needles in all the arms, trucks rolling, Americans cheering, and then the mass vaccination program starts off. And then before we know it, you know, we're vaccinating pregnant women. Why are we doing that? That that's, can't be safe. Now we're going to vaccinate COVID recovered patients. Wait a minute. They, they have complete and robust permanent immunity. No one's ever challenged the immunity of a COVID recovered patient. Why are we vaccinating them? And then it keeps going and going. At first, we vaccinated uh, high-risk people. I didn't really understand vaccinating young healthcare workers because they weren't at risk. There were never any hospital outbreaks in the United States. The only thing that was clear, nursing home workers gave it to nursing home patients. We knew that. So nursing home workers should have been vaccinated. And then maybe high-risk people, and we should call it a day. I always estimated maybe 20 million people need to be vaccinated. But that didn't seem to satisfy the vaccine stakeholders, which are Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, &J, AstraZeneca, and any others that come forward, the CDC, the FDA, and the NIH in the White House. Massive vaccine stakeholders. You could throw in Gates Foundation, World Health Organization. You could throw those in as well. Massive stakeholders, and they wanted everybody to be vaccinated without exception. 
No one will escape the needle. We've actually never had this before. And the vaccine process is extraordinary. There's a consent form. It says this is investigational. We don't know if it's going to work. There's only two months of data. The, the side effects could be a sore arm all the way to death. And we don't know. Sign here. We need your identifying information. We need a barcode on the vial. We need you identified. And now you're in a database. You're vaccinated. And so this mass vaccination is extraordinarily concerning. We never vaccinate into the middle of a pandemic. Never. We've never had an effective vaccine for respiratory virus, including influenza. It's only modestly effective. We knew from the published data that the attack rates in placebo and the vaccine arms were less than 1%. So we know that the vaccine can have a less than 1% effect in the population. Why would it be any different than the clinical trials? Um, uh, we knew from the from the clinical trials that it didn't stop COVID-19, so people can get COVID-19 anyway. What would be this incredible drive to vaccinate everybody? And now, oh my lord, now um, the vaccine within a few months has been completely weaponized. Now travel is related to the vaccine. People can't go to school without the vaccine. People are losing their jobs without the vaccine. Believe me, there is something very, very potent in this vaccine. It should be disturbing to everybody. The word vaccine ought to be the most disturbing word that they have seen. Now we have 12-year-old children who are told they can decide on their own whether or not they could take a vaccine. So, you know, about 70% of my patients are vaccinated. I'm very pro-vaccine. I've taken all the vaccines myself, about 70%, and they were all vaccinated in December, January, and February. But as we sit here today, we have over 4,000 vaccine-related deaths and over 10,000 hospitalizations. The limit to shut down a program is about 25 to 50 deaths. Swine flu, 1976, 25 deaths, they shut down the program. It's not safe. The whole, all the vaccines in the United States per year, what ambulant gets reported in the database is about 200. And we're talking about vaccinating probably, probably you know, 500 million injections. Here, in the United States, at 100 million people vaccinated, this is far and away the most lethal, toxic, biologic agent ever injected into a human body in American history. And it's going strong, with no mention of safety by our officials, with wild enthusiasm by our hospitals and hospital administrators, with doctors supporting it. Doctors are saying now they won't see patients in their waiting room without the vaccine. This problem, COVID-19, was actually from the very beginning. That's what Whitney Webb said. She goes, COVID-19 is actually about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about the vaccine. And before our time runs out, uh, Dr. McAuliffe, have any outlets, government, media, whatever, tried to tried to silence or intimidate you or shut down all the things that you have been saying? Can you tell us anything about that? Fear, intimidation? What's happened in your life? My personal situation, professional situation, is a position of strength. And those who've attempted in any way uh, to pressure, coerce, or threaten me with reprisal have paid an extraordinary price. And I think that's an important message to get out there. There is a position of strength uh, based on principles of compassionate care and of the Hippocratic Oath, and of the fiduciary relationship that a doctor has to a patient, and a prominent doctor has to a population that supersedes all of those other ill intents. And what I say is, bring them on. 
there you have it, a real doctor on the front line that knows what he's talking about, that can prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that the tech tyrants are lying to you. There's got to be a motive. And something about this entire pandemic, its response to vaccines, stink to high heaven. They really do. So why are doctors being censored? We know a lot of things already. COVID-19 vaccines are definitely capable of causing damage in a number of ways. The worst symptoms of COVID-19 are actually created by the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, the very thing that these gene-based therapies are instructing your body now to make and for how long. And while the natural spike protein is bad, the spike protein your body will produce in response to this therapy they call a vaccine is even worse. As it is synthetic, it's been manipulated in such a way as to create a robust and unnatural spike protein. Now, here's something else they don't want to tell you. The spike protein, it's toxic in and of itself and has the ability to induce vascular heart and neurological damage. I think I've lost friends already because of this vaccine. The vaccine disables the type 1 interferon pathway, which explains why So many vaccinated patients are reporting all kinds of strange symptoms like herpes and shingles after their vaccination. There's a lot we're not being told. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope the information that you've gotten on this program today will help you. I know in my own family, I'm like many others. I've got several people that they couldn't wait to get this stuff jabbed in their arm. I've lost one friend already that I am certain because of the timing is very suspicious. I have family members that think that when you get COVID, you're just simply going to die. I remember we had somebody in our family in their late 30s contracted COVID last year in the big uptick in New Jersey, month of May. And this relative actually said, so when do you expect that person to die? And I'm thinking, where are you getting this? And you find out they watch CNN. No wonder they're, they have brain damage now. I'm sorry. CNN causes brain damage. CNN is no longer a news outlet. They are a propaganda arm of Big Pharma and whoever will throw money in their direction and celebrate anything that is just absurd. Don't watch CNN. Trust me. It's bad for your health. It's bad for your mind. It's bad for your spirit. Do you believe in the work we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? Would you take time and send me an email? Visit the website. If you can help support us, our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire, lane number 263, in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 305 That address again, 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. 
That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.